Jared is the new sexy. We're home, Sarah. Are you home? Yeah. Yes, I'm home. Goodbye, Sarah. And remember, fair maiden, should you need us? Yes, should you need us for any reason at all. I need you, Hoggle. You do? I don't know why, but every now and again in my life, for no reason at all, I need you. All of you. Well, why didn't you say so? Yeah, Ludo! This is Wildfire One again. This is Nerds the New Sexy episode forty nine. With me today is Sunrise. We also have Gambit. And as you might have guessed, (laughs) so the opening credit goes to our our wonderful actress, uh, one of my roommates, Maddie. Uh, she did a fantastic job. No, but Maddie, yeah. Ma- Maddie got to play our Sarah, and she did a great job, and she's wonderful. So thank you to her for doing that. As you <laughs> might have guessed, our uh, topic today is, of course, Labyrinth. I've been waiting. I've been excited about this, and here it is. So we hope you guys are just I as excited. I fucking love this movie. Oh, yeah, this so- movie is, is is one of the best movies. And I, I'll say it to Wild the other day. Like, if I find a friend hasn't seen The Labyrinth, I, get, I almost get angry. It's like, okay. Yeah. Clear your schedule. We're watching this right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah Kim I agree. has seen it. She loves it. And years ago, when I was dating a very young girl, she had never seen it. And I'm just like, oh, hell no. You have to watch this. And she was just like, this movie is insane. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. It's, she's like, so it's a movie about his crotch? I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> David Bowie's crotch piece. <laughs> it, yeah, it's totally, it's all about Jared's junk. In the long run, I mean, he did kind of want to get with that 16-year-old girl, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he wanted the baby a little bit more, but, you know. Maybe he, he could have uh, made a baby. You know what? Hold on. Okay, okay. Here's for, all how that you... co- for all that cod piece, he could make his own kid. Yes, that's, that's all true. I'm saying. Now, Here's how, you explain Labyrinth ba- Here's how you ex- explain Labyrinth badly. A middle-aged rock and roll star <laughs> hangs out with a bunch of freaks trying to get a 16-year-old's baby. But yeah, but when you put it like that, yeah, a middle-aged rock star is trying is it wants a 16-year-old's baby. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound so good for Bowie doesn't, at that moment. It doesn't <laughs> sound as, as interesting. Well, it depends on, I guess, what you're into. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's David freaking Bowie, dude. Yeah, it's David Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie could uh, come out of his grave right now and be like, you want to suck my dick? And I'd be like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even watch you it. Are, Just you are David is. Bowie. So the, 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 like, like Sunrise was saying, the basic premise is basically the Goblin King steals children. Yes. I, yeah, so, yeah, he, he offers things to to young, impressionable uh, girls or, you know, basically uh, people, who, and he takes their children and turns them into into goblins as a trade-off. Yeah, that's what it was. And and Gambit, you just watched the movie last night. Not for the first time, of course, but you watched it. No, not for the first time. Yeah, I re-watched it for the podcast to really get into it. And there's so many great scenes. And I don't want to skip too far ahead, so we'll get to them. But I just remember, like, oh, my God, these scenes blew me away. And, like, 
it was so good. It's so cheesy. It's so crazy. That is one of the best lines I've ever heard. Where it's like, "This is fucking absolute insanity," and it is. It's absolute oh. insanity, but in a very good, very. I don't know. It just when you think of like a labyrinth, and you think of like the because like a labyrinth in itself is supposed to be a maze that's supposed to drive you insane. This is like a drug trip. Yeah, yeah and to keep every, what's in the middle in the middle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's almost impossible to find the middle. And that's the point. And I think in this movie, they did that very, very well. They mm-hmm. really made it like one of my favorite scenes is right in the very beginning. So we're not skipping too far ahead. When she first enters the labyrinth and she can't find her way, she bends down and she starts marking arrows, you know, which oh, way yes. she's going. Oh, yeah. And and then there's a hand that comes up and flips the stone over. So her markings are gone. Mitchell. That little one. Hey, come here, take your brother with a freedom working out. <laughs> 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 well, before we before we go any further, we gotta we gotta mention that this was one of Jim Henson's big movies. Yes, Jim Henson, yes. Jim and, Henson in the eighties could do no wrong. That guy was yes, like the here, magic here, king. Yeah, here's what's cool. That a lot of people don't know is people know that J- uh, Jim Henson wanted David Bowie to be the the Goblin King, but as <clears> backup. <throat> They had Sting and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson would have made that a whole creepier level. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been like a whole new level of oh my fucking god? I could see yeah. Michael Jackson like like doing this song, right? No, see here and here's the thing. I think if Michael Jackson was in that, his dance. penis would have done a set piece. Watch me dance. That's what the yeah. song would have been called. You know, he probably yeah. would have moon, he probably would have moonwalked up them crazy ass stairs. Oh, yeah, right? God, dude. Yeah. You want some candy, little girl? Oh. I've got your baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> it just would have been horrible, especially much later on when, like, you know, those those charges right. came up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I stole a baby in a movie. Now, you know, don't, don't get yeah. Neverland Ranch. <laughs> All the goblins sleep with me. That's oh. ignorant. And I can't see Sting doing a, a batshit crazy movie like that. The movie, yeah, the movie itself, and Jim Henson, like I said, was in, in the in the '80s was doing great. Fraggle Rock, The Muppet Show. Uh, oh God, name, yeah. You name it. I, well, there was a bunch. Uh, fuck the Dark Crystal. You know, all, all these yeah. epic Rock. movies that that were coming yeah. out at the time under Jim Henson's and, rule. You know, it was great. Yeah. And the uh, the the animated intro with that owl was actually done by Industrial Light and Magic, which was Steven Spielberg's. Uh, uh, animation studio at the time and what's neat is that is actually the very first fully 3d rendered animal ever on screen that's pretty cool story-wise it starts out with was she babysitting her younger brother yeah and this is jennifer Connolly, who i believe at the time was right around 16 or 17 playing a 16 or 17 year old girl and it's insane (laughs) that it's actually jennifer Connolly. i remember re-watching this not too long ago going Oh my God! I didn't realize that was her. It's funny because I was introduced to this movie by by my stepfather who had on VHS, and we wore that tape out because we loved this so much. Oh yeah. But yeah, she's yeah she's this spoiled little upper middle class teenager who's got everything she could ever want. And it's like I think it's her half brother. They're never. I don't think they're ever really clear. What do you remember? Yeah, they're not. No, it it is her baby brother. Yeah, so it might be a half brother. They don't really go into the whole you know broken home aspect of it, which would actually you know, and it's Jim Henson. He's not going to be like feel sorry. This this household, she gets beaten every day. It's yeah. It's very clear that the stepmom is honestly just trying to be like, hey, please clean your room, to not being a bitch. And she even says, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, she treats me like I'm the wicked stepmother, and I never treat her poorly. Yeah, she's angsty. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't, and, see, I don't, I don't see her as a bitch, because like, 
like saying she's a bitch is like no it's like she's just yeah, teenage angsty this and she was like that she was yeah. a like, bitch she wouldn't have went for her brother we know that much. exactly that's true so, okay yeah. i'll give you that Angsty's and it's very brother. very implied she actually has met truly met the goblin king previously and she's got this weird daddy issue with him yeah you just yeah. made that really weird <laughs> no but <laughs> like, the it, whole it thing is weird, just though. got really weird it's a little but incesty it is. I now mean, <laughs> It's all incest. Oh, come on. Okay. Oh, yeah. But no, it's very much implied that this is an older guy giving her all this attention and everything she wants. So it's, you know, it's that weird, you know, it's just kids are at that age. So from that point, she's, I don't know if she's joking or she thinks she's serious, but she's talking about, you know, sending the kid to the Goblin King. You know, she's talking, stop crying or whatever. And so she says the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice (laughs) and makes fucking the Goblin King a Basically, so how's he, how does he? How does she summon the Goblin King? I forget. Okay, this is one of the things that's always bothered me, and I think it's because the act, the, the Goblin actors didn't have a whole lot of direction. Um, they were told to just be be goblins, and so there was quite a bit of improving with them. She starts saying, you know, she does that Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you may be, take this child far away from me, and and all of a sudden you see like a whole bunch of <clears throat> goblins like. Packed together like they're all in like this big goblin love puddle with just their faces, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make this weird because it's a weird good but a good movie. All right. And they're all sitting away going, sitting around going, Did she say the words? She, and so she's, you know, bitching about, you know, Toby crying, which is mm-hmm. her little brother. Yeah. And then one of this is what pisses me off the most. Okay, and, and it well it doesn't piss me off, but annoys me. One of the goblins say says where did she learn that rubbish? And another one goes, it doesn't even start with I wish. And then it goes back to her and it says, I wish I did know what to say to make the goblins take you away from me. Then it cuts back to the goblins and the goblin says, I wish the goblins would come to take you away right now. He just said it doesn't start with I wish, but then the other goblin says the magic words are I wish. Wait a minute. I thought it didn't start with I wish, but now the you're go- saying it does start with I wish. The goblins themselves have no fucking idea. The only one that knows is the <laughs> one in charge. <laughs> David Bowie knows what's going on. There is the goblins yeah. are just there like going, oh, fuck. Another bitch giving away a baby. I wonder if it's hers this time. <laughs> David Bowie and all of his owl glory form shows up. And starts doing this cool shit with these, you know, like basically like this, uh, like the Fushigi Yugi or, or whatever the hell, those magic crystal <laughs> balls that he. Yugi. Well, okay, that's an anime, but it's like you know, it's there. There were like these magic ball things that were on TV called like Fushigi or something like that, and it was you know looked really uh, cool. Uh, Fushigi. 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 That's Fushigi. it. Fushigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny yeah. too because I have three of them. I got one too. <laughs> You know, and I actually am really good with contact juggling because of the labyrinth of David Bowie. Because I was, I watched him do it, and I remember my Everybody dad. Everybody wanted it. Yeah. yeah, and my dad was like, my dad's like, he's wearing special gloves, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you could do that just with your fingers. And went to a Renaissance fair. I saw a guy doing. He's like, yeah, you can buy these online. And I was like, cool. Went online, bought one, and the, the my first ever contact juggling ball was like, like literally that's what it was called, a contact juggling ball, mm-hmm. and it was really, really nice. And then Fushigi just like mass produced them. And I was like, I'm getting like nine of these bitches. Yep. <laughs> and then like I got because they were only like twenty bucks. You can buy them at any like on scene on TV store. And yeah. I really practiced and I practiced for hours. One of these days, I'll probably throw up a video on 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 either Twitter page or Facebook of me doing it. I just really wanted to be David Bowie with a giant cod piece. Yep. Juggling my yeah. balls. Like that's <laughs> no, really what I wanted yeah, to do. 
Yeah, and she's like, I didn't really mean it. And he's like, you didn't mean it. I gave you the power to do this, and you didn't mean it. Now, when she follows through, where, where does she first appear? I forget. Follows yeah, she basically she, she basically goes right at the beginning of the labyrinth. Like, she's right at the, 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 the I guess you'd say, the entrance to the labyrinth, because there's always an entryway. And she's like, yeah. well, I guess I got And she says that line where she's like, well, I guess I got to walk. Well, no shit, bitch. You don't got a segue. Like, <laughs> get to humping. Like... Yeah, I don't see no golf cart waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, like start There's no walking. no fucking escalator. Come on. And, yeah. and that and that's where I get to that point where she gets lost in the maze. And that's where we bring in um, Hoggle, where she meets Hoggle for the first time, who is actually one of the best character developments, one of the best characters in that movie for yes. me personally. Yeah. Um, I love him so much because at first he's like he's he's commissioned by the Goblin King to basically watch over her and make sure she never gets there. But he turns out to – like watching it again last night as an adult – and, and I know I'm always perverted, but I really do think he falls in love with her. He does. Yes. I agree. No, he does. He absolutely does. And so in that process of like – and then he's got this he, – now he's got this more dilemma where he's basically in love with this girl. He doesn't want to fuck with her anymore. He doesn't want to torture her in the labyrinth and make her go crazy. But at the same time, he's terrified of the fucking Goblin King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a very frightful character. He's deathly afraid of him, and you can really see that. And I wonder what midget played him. <laughs> yeah what, that freaking, the freaking public work the puppet work in in the it actually holds up today now oh, yeah. some of like the animation part of it and the green screening or the blue screening at the time you know doesn't with like the fire eyes and stuff like that but the puppetry in this movie is insane well yeah there was jim henson man that guy he, him and his crew i watched a thing on nope. that and the and the actual dance scenes in the uh, for the most part, there was of course the ones that you you'd mentioned earlier. They go crazy, just act like a goblin. But the dance right. scenes were so so involved. So especially the part where they're doing that scene where they're rolling their heads around and stuff. Oh yeah, the funkies or, or the fire eyes. Yeah, they yeah. put so much into that. They were trying to figure out how to do it. Then they figured out they can do it with the black background and the people in the black uh, black outfits. You know, kind of making it look like they're not there and the, the certain kind of lighting that would help. And it just it it was just intricate. They just put so much into it. It was beautiful. So so fun fact, um, Hoggle was a puppet, obviously, but there was a little person or midget, if you want to be PC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think you got that backwards, but I'm cool. Continue. So so the little person uh, was uh, Sarah uh, Weiser or Weiser, W-E-I-S-E-R. I'm guessing it's Weiser, but the actual puppet. Tier was um, Brian Henson, which ah. I'm guessing is probably uh, Jim Henson's son, or probably family no. member, maybe, or family member, or some family member, some maybe maybe legitimate bastard. But <laughs> maybe there's yeah. no, maybe there's maybe you're saying that and there's absolutely no fucking relation. <laughs> it's right, like there's like no relation whatsoever. Like Devin, I hate it when people think I'm his son. I, I work for him <laughs> and I'm really good with puppets, but I don't know the guy. <laughs> So, so you get to that first scene where she's walking through Labyrinth. And that was yeah. the first test was walking through Labyrinth. And that's when I go back to the original thing where I said she gets lost. She can't, she swears to God she took a left and then she really took a right. She took a right, took a left, whatever. She's just backwards and confused, yeah. right? She, yeah. And so she starts writing <clears throat> writing down on the stone where she went with her lipstick. I believe it was her lipstick. Mm. And then there's goblins that fuck with the floor paneling or the stone. And they just flip it <laughs> yep. over. And so she can't find her way. Um, Moral of that part are goblins are dicks. Yeah, yes. more of the story is don't trust fucking goblins. Is, is really is they're just dicks. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, which they're dicks. I don't remember the exact order, but I do believe at one point she falls down the hole. Oh, the, the helping hands. And the helping hands. hands. 
Yeah. It, I swear to God, the helping hands is probably my favorite scene in the movie. That that scene is so intricate, and because it's your favorite, go ahead and explain that scene. Yes, please. <clears throat> okay, so so she falls very much like Alice in Wonderland down this rabbit hole, basically, and she's falling and she's falling fast, and suddenly hands grab her, and then it's not like oh a hand, and then it's like she looks up and it's something. No, it's just fucking hands out of the darkness, and they're white gloved hands. And suddenly, two hands come together and make a mouth. Two other hands come on top of the hand that goes mouth yeah. and make eyeballs, and they go, "We are the helping hands." And they start talking to her, and it's all hand movements, and it's so precise and it's so beautiful with the movement that you're like, "Holy shit, these are actual talking hands." And they're like, "Do you want to go up or do you want to go down?" And she was like, "And now this is fucking retarded as shit." She's like, "Well, I guess since I'm already going down, I'll go down." And we are going down and they just drop her yeah what what and, and what gambit was like saying with the how intricate it is every time a different voice spoke for the hands the face the hands would make were dramatically <clears throat> different yeah it wasn't just like a cup like two circles and and, and and two hands and like like trying to make a mouth every time it was a different thing that they focused on well like one looked like it was wearing glasses one of them looked like it was kind of fat and chubby one of them had like a little a, like a like a big nose as it was talking it's really fucking cool they went they did so much work on that it was really fucking cool like it, it was it just it's not something you just think of on and I take it back. So when she first falls and they first grab her, it's they're not white gloved hands. They're creepy, decayed, like rock hands. Yeah, like bluish, like, like nasty. Gray, like kind of disgusting yeah. hands. But they're helping. And, We're the helping hands. Oh, God. Which one of you has the helping fingers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stink fingers were on the other one. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it was right before that scene is one of the best, most memorable things. Yeah, it was. It was. It was right before that because it, it, right afterwards is when she was marking the ground and she was like, "Somebody's been changing their marks. This this place isn't fair." And that's one of the things she keeps oh, saying. Oh yeah. To bring that up this is, isn't is, fair. Not, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. This isn't fair. This is basically what the movie is is saying is. Grow the fuck up. Life isn't fair. She she kind of does, too. And yet there is a moral and like the whole thing like, well, you're just taking for granted what you think you know. In other words, you think you're so fucking smart and you don't know shit. If you want to be a bitch brat, we will send you to David Bowie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a very yeah. annoying scene to hear her listen to. It's not fair because she always whines when she says it. Yeah. Like, yeah. always. It was good and it's, yeah, great acting on her part because at one point I started to hate her because I'm like, when are you going to realize this place is a labyrinth? It's meant to drive you absolutely batshit crazy. So by the time yeah. you, if you get out of it, you're going to go home and you're going to be put in that little straitjacket with a little rubber room, which actually are really fun because you can jump off the walls. You, that, that's the point. And, and that's, and that is the moral of the story is that life isn't fair and it's difficult. And when things get hard and things get challenging, you just got to persevere. You just got to sack the fuck up and just do it. Very, very much so that, you know, like what the, what they keep saying, you're, well, you're taking this for granted. You're taking that for granted. Mm. Guess what? Life doesn't care what you think. Life is life. This is how it's going to be. Bitch and go home or get through it. And David Bowie's magical crotch will be there for oh. you at the end. Yes. <laughs> but I would say with with that scene. I'm so is, happy that everybody keeps bringing up his crotch because I feel like I was the only one watching that movie. Like, there's no. a point when I leaned in. I you leaned in. I'll never forget. Look at it. It's like, there. I, there's, a, there, there's a point where I leaned into my brother and he's sitting there and I was like, 
I don't want to sell gay or nothing, bro, but I can't keep my eyes off his dick piece. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like okay, brother. Okay, literally at the point, like when, when other people had seen this movie and I was back at school and stuff like that, where we would we would literally at, on the playground take stuff and stuff it in our crotch to be Jared. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even that at like nine years old or whatever was. we were. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we knew who Jared was. He had the giant like, the only The only other scene that in any movie that ever hit me that hard with a dick scene was Watchmen. Yeah. Yes. Like I was sitting in Watchmen. I'll never forget this. This is another one of those funny moments. I'm sitting in. Uh, so Watchmen happens. There's Doctor. You know, there's Doctor Manhattan. And I, I turn to my ex. I, t- I look at my ex-wife and I go, "Is anybody else seeing the big blue dick? Is that just me? I can't. I can't take my eyes off. Can't and it's the same thing. It. It's like David Boy. Like he does. He does an amazing job. He does amazing performance. I, I, I will say it's probably one of his best. It just, it's just yeah. a wonderful, wonderful performance. Yes. But God damn, that dick piece is just right there. And it's just not in the gay way. Totally 100% no homo. I dreamt about that dick piece. <laughs> well, at, at one scene, and, and we'll get back to what I was talking about, but yeah. in one scene where, where he's talking to Hoggle about – You've fallen in love with her. She'll never like you. You're 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 a disgusting creature. So there's no hope for you. And Hoggle drops to his knees after being told he'd be sent to the land of stench or the bog of eternal stench, and his head is right next to it. You're waiting for it to like bite him on the cheek or or like throb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and if a guy's codpiece hits you in the forehead, there's no my bad for that. No, <laughs> that's no. Not, like if you spill my apple teeny, that's a my bad situation. But you put your dick on my forehead, that's not okay. That's that's more of an oops. <laughs> yeah. That you know, no no, at that point you either have you're respecting this dude so much and you are so afraid of it. it's just like yes my allow my forehead to be the resting place for your nuts and drape my the back of my skull with with your magnificent cock yeah or you're going in for the kill i that's the only way that's happening hashtag backwards elephant but i want to that's a move I, now yeah. But I, but I want to, but I want to go back to the helping hands because it is only a one minute scene. But that one minute scene, even as a kid, you. it stays with you. Yeah, even as a kid, it helped me because one, it's creepy as shit. Yes, right. To have all these hands grab you, and then to have the hands talk to you and make faces at you, and all the different hands, just the precision of that. Is watching it again last night as an adult. I'm just watching it, and I'm just sitting there in awe of the precision and the mastery of the talking and the faces and all the different faces they can make with hands. And there was a, like, I'm I'm dead serious. It it was just one of the best scenes. And it was one of the creepiest scenes in the world too, because you really got to think like they are the helping hands. It wasn't that they, they were probably one of the only characters that didn't fuck with her. When she, when they asked, do you want to go up or down, make a choice? Come on. We don't have all day. They gave her what she wanted. It wasn't like, I want, well, I'm going down, so I'll go down. They're like, okay, you're going up. No, they didn't fuck with her. It was like, where do you want to go? Up or down? Your choice. And, now, and see, and again, that's about sticking with your decisions. Yep. It is. And, and dealing with the consequence. And dealing with the consequences, which is a great thing because, well, now for me, and this is just my logical adult brain, and maybe even as a 16-year-old, I probably would have thought, thought the same thing. But if I'm going down a hole that I fell through in a labyrinth, my first reaction is not going to be going, I don't want to go down. I want to go back up. Yeah, that's what I right. would have thought too. But Because I know what's up. I have no idea what's down because what, what could be down could be a snarlack. And, and they did and they did say, she chose down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were like really surprised by it. They're like, wow, she chose, oh, well, well, down it is. You know, I'm, then, I'm surprised. Yeah, because they not. dropped her into the oubliette. See, I'm, I'm surprised that there's not a, uh, like a, a, you know, a porn version of that called the spanking hands. 
Yeah. That that would be a, just a, a twenty minute fisting scene. I feel like <laughs> yeah, probably. It's just hands yeah. coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Ah! But but yeah, this I'm sure the scene that everybody wants us to talk about, or you know, everyone remembers, is the dance magic scene. So let's yeah, let's go to that dance magic scene. That was a very magical scene. I mean, this that's another thing about this movie. This movie, like as a kid, made you believe in magic. You start just the first couple of notes in that. Everyone turns around and goes, "I know that song." Where did I hear that? Yeah. Yep. Some people know straight off, like, damn, dude, that's from Labyrinth. But that- I've even had, there's even been a few times where I've made like a, like, like a comment of what we're all sitting there and be like, you know, and I'll be like, what kind of magic spell to use? And all of a sudden I'll hear somebody go, dance magic. That's <laughs> it's like, yeah, my buddy. <laughs> yep. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember, you gotta remember too, because the, 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 the beginning of that scene, the baby is crying. Little fucker. Generally speaking, no, no. Like when I watch it as an adult, I watched it as an adult. I watched it again. I'm like, this baby is literally surrounded by goblins. No. To him, this is real. That baby, because he's surrounded by Jim Hippet's Muppets, and that's they're all freaky as shit looking. So that baby is probably really crying his fucking eyes fucking out. Fucking crying, yeah. yeah like legit, scared yeah, out of his like mind, that. and that's why they start singing the song to him to calm him down. Yes. Now, here, here, here's here's a lot of fan theory, and I and I tend to agree with this. Jared finally has a baby that is not stupid. <laughs> he is. No, I'm serious. If you look at all the goblins, they're all kind of like kooky and and, yeah. and and insane. And Toby has signs of intelligence. I think he was actually trying to take Toby to be his successor because he saw to- something in Toby that he didn't see in any other of the babies. That because all those goblins are stolen babies. Yeah. To keep him from becoming, cor- you know, even more corrupt with, as as a goblin and stuff like that, he needed to calm him down. I just thought it was really cool that he was like trying to calm the baby from crying. He was like, it was almost yeah. like a dad dad thing to do, you know, like calm down. Right. Cool. I think, yeah. And I think that, I think that, I think that Jared actually in that character in that scene, I think that he wanted him to be the next Goblin King. Yeah. Yes. And that was always my impression with it. It was like, he want, he doesn't want him to be a Goblin. He wants him to become the Goblin Prince. That's kind of what yeah. I've seen it as too. I mean, it never really made it clear. Which, and, and, and we're skipping over one of the greatest lines ever, which is, you know, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The power, the, the you know, with the power. What power? The voodoo. Who do you do? Like that is just the greatest opening. Remind me of the babe. Remind me of the babe. Yeah, it's just like, and he goes off in this great song, and he and he dances with the kid. He makes, and that's kind of is a very pivotal scene because again, the kid is crying, and again, the kid starts when he starts singing, relaxes. The baby starts relaxing. He picks him up. He carries him around. He starts showing him off to all the goblins, and, the, and then all of a sudden, he he goes from this crying, scared kid to like, oh, this is okay. This is cool. I, I guess this is normal. I guess ah. this is where I'm gonna live I'm now. Fun now. Yeah, I'm having fun now. And this is this guy throws the baby in the air yep. and walks away. The walks goblin, away, the catches, goblin him. catches it. Oh, dying. But that, there was something you said, Sunrise, before we started the podcast about that with that song. Remember? Yeah, they could, that's right. They couldn't get the baby to make the noises. Now, this wasn't on set. This was back during the recording sessions. And Jim Henson, one of what Jim Henson's friends, had the baby there. And David Bowie swears to God, he did everything to make this baby cry and make noise, and it just did not care. So all the baby sounds and the, the uh, and the uh, is David Bowie making those sounds. It's not really a baby. It's David Bowie. That baby could give no fucks. Yeah, baby's like, you're David Bowie. I'm not going to cry. And this was that time when David Bowie could do no wrong. So, I mean, he couldn't even make a baby cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that scene is a very pivotal piece part of the movie because i mean that song everyone knows that song everyone knows that and like i said you kind of get to see that that jared isn't really that 
bad a guy that you know they got. No, him. he's really not. Jareth. Yeah, he's Jared he's or Jareth. Jareth. Jared. Okay. I, I always oh, know Jared. Jareth. Yeah, it's Jareth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, Jared. Because he's Jared. fancy and he's David Bowie, yeah. goddamn it. Yeah. So, but That's either right. way, the Goblin King isn't really that bad a guy, and you see that in this scene. Like, he's yeah, yeah, maybe he was bad at one point or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just he's ready to settle down and be a daddy, or or maybe he was an <laughs> asshole. He just wanted maybe maybe he wanted to go off and drink an apple teeny and and uh, yeah and fucking and let the kid deal with all the bullshit of the fucking retard goblins he has to deal with day, from yeah. day to day. You know? Who wouldn't get tired of the the retardation all day long with them fucking bobbling and bumping around and being stupid. You know, I'd want to go mm-hmm. drink an apple teeny. I'd be like, fuck, dude, I want to go get some dra- Jack Daniels and get away from this shit for a while. It's time to be an adult <laughs> yeah. for like five minutes, please. Yeah. Listen to the baby. I'm going to go have an apple teeny. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the drink. So the next scene after the, the helping hands, what was that? Uh, they're in the oubliette and that's, that that's when uh, like you're seeing the rock faces and the uh, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. Take heed to go no further. <laughs> Freaking hilarious! Oh, they don't mind them. That they're all they're all over the labyrinth, especially when you're going the right way. And and he tells that one to shut up. And he just goes, "I'm sorry, I'm just doing my doing my job." So I haven't said it in such a long time. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, "Don't don't expect big reaction." Oh, of course not. Well, the path you take will lead you to certain destruction. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but it does lead to a scene with a really odd line from from Jareth. And I've never quite understood that. Maybe, you know, it's been a while since I've watched it and I missed something. But when Hoggle and, and Sarah are walking out and they and they see Jareth, but he's like hidden at like as like a beggar you know he he, he he goes what do we have here and hoggle goes nothing and, and he goes nothing 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 tra la la <laughs> did i miss something why did he say that i've never understood that line maybe maybe he was trying not to shout at hoggle because he called him nothing oh maybe like you know instead of saying like he was gonna say something like i'm gonna kill your troll ass or something he's like uh yeah. tra la la <laughs> well maybe okay now 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 that I think about it, though, that is when he is transforming back into Jareth. Maybe that's magic word. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Tra-la-la was the magic word to turn back into uh, Jareth. Tra-la-la. Is it like, ta-da, Tra-la-la, yeah. that's his thing. Tra-la-la. Tra-la-la. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- I mean, unless you, I, I think if we said transform and roll out, you would definitely be staring at his codpiece at that point. <laughs> it would probably grow bigger. And I think that's around the time where she starts back talking him and so he takes time off of her off her things that's not fair he's just like i don't give a shit i think the next scene is the doors one of us lies and one of us always tells the truth oh yeah, yeah you know, that was right before the helping hands which is which and, is a great scene which that in itself yeah. is a great scene because it's it's one of those first like kid puzzle like how do you solve okay if one of you lies and one of one you of always tells the truth which one's lying then which one's lying? It's 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 a great it's a great like kid mind puzzle at first. You're like oh, yeah, and then she figures it out, which is great with yeah, that kind of logic. It's like it's like it's a it's a logic's paradox. It's yeah. one of those like okay, so you're you're given a choice of how you're going to die. I'm going to ask you a question, and if you tell me the truth, I'm going to hang you. You lie, I'm going to boil you. What are you going to tell me? You know, as a as a truthful or lying statement. So you tell them you are going to boil. If you boil me, 
I have now lied. It, it, I've told the truth, so you must hang me. If you hang me, I am now lying, and you must boil me. So you now get to get to walk away free because you're a. Bitch. So you have to, yeah. That's a, it's a pair. It's a. So she says, you know, like like, if I ask him, if his if he leads a certain doom, will he tell me yes? Yes, he will. Okay, is he telling the truth? Oh no, yes he is. Okay, so you tell the truth and you're the liar. That's how she figures it out. It's a, it's and a it, you feel so like... smart as a kid going, I know this answer. Yeah. Yes, and then that's when they get to the oubliette and they meet up with Jareth again, and then he tells him, you know, well, if you ever help, if she ever does fall in love with you all, I'll turn you into a prince, the prince of stench. And because if you help her, I'm gonna send you to the to the bog of eternal stench. So if she the ever bog kisses, of eternal stench. Yeah. So if she ever kisses you, you're you're gone, and you're gonna go in there. And I always remember playing playing that as a kid, like on like the playground. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, it's my eternal stench. And if you go in there, you stink, you stink like fart. And everything. <laughs> no, I, yeah. yeah, I think that's what they were going for, though. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess they couldn't. It was since it was a kids' movie. It was Jim Henson. They couldn't go like, oh, I'm gonna like you know, I'm gonna tie your ass to four horses and like draw and quarter your ass. They can't do that. So. The bog of eternal stench would probably be the best next best thing. I mean, it's just a freaking hilarious and awesome name yes, too. It I is. mean, if you think about it. Yes, it is. Yeah, because you—it's not like you get there and you're like, "Oh, this place is not bad." No, it's like, man, it stench. It, it stinks here. Yeah, it's called the bog of eternal stench, bitch. Like, yeah, it's and, not and, a good place. And you so much just put a foot in it, you stink for a million years or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it never yeah. gets off of you. Like you, yeah. you just stink like ass. I like imagine like the worst, like one of those farts where it's like not even said like audible. It's just like, like it's just hot and burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you smell like all the time. Just that yeah. sound that that was yeah. fucking great. And well, it's the best part is the, you know because like you know you, you know what I'm talking about like when you're, yeah. when you're at like a business meeting you're sitting there like maybe it's just me but you're at a business meeting you're all in your suit and you're giving a presentation you're like oh man I'm gassy today all right I'm gonna let this one out it's gonna be fine and you let it fly and it's like oh that bird everybody's gonna smell this that's gonna be horrible yes this, this is gonna be bad that's the yep. bog of a but, stench all the time yeah. All the time. But how it is. Just before all that happens is probably the most questionable scene. Now, there's a reason Jim Henson always did certain things, and there's reasons why Jim Henson stayed away from certain things. And the scene with the fire gang is the reason you never really see Jim Henson screwing around with blue screens. Yeah. And he always used practical effects. Even at the time, it was not a good effect. No. With the really whole wasn't. blue screen that they were doing on stuff like now, that scene comes out of the blue. It's a big lip alligator moment, if people know understand what, I, what I'm talking about. It it comes out of nowhere, it ends, and nobody ever references it again. It's like there's no real reason for it to be there. I want to say it was probably written in towards the end, and they, they just yeah, had to put I it in it. like it was something... It was something maybe someone who contributed money decided said, "Hey, you got to use this scene." But the, the yeah. blue screen, especially back then, was really, really like noticeable. Yeah, and it, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it really didn't. I, and like I said, the the the, the creatures were kind of just odd. They you know, taking off their heads, swallowing their eyes, and doing doing weird stuff. You know, tossing their hand hands around and and doing funky stuff, dancing on top of their head like a pogo stick, and it's just. It didn't. It doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. It's the one part of the movie I've never actually liked. I thought I thought it was all right. I just you could tell some of it was goofy and some of it was CG. And 
But it, yeah. it, it was, I think it was, it was there for entertainment. It was a night catcher for the kids. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what they were going for. It just, I think it, 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 I think, I think it was, well. it was their big budget scene, and it did not come out as a big budget scene. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was entertaining yep. for the most part. Like even when I was a kid, I liked it. I thought it was all right. But it, as an adult, you watch and you're like, where did this come from? But then we get to the bog. Actually, get to the bog of eternal stench, and the bog is like actually farting and and like has wet, nasty. You know, like, yeah, farts are squirting out, and <laughs> it's, like, it's <laughs> disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. It even sounds disgusting. They went out of their way to make you not like that place. And, and you meet one of the coolest characters very late in the movie, Didymus. Yeah, like, oh, he's almost like a Don Quixote, is what yeah, he's modeled. Yes, yes, Didymus on yeah. his on his dog, uh, Ambrosius. 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 <laughs> yes, that is it. Yep, that's yeah. it. It's a very scared sheepdog modeled after her and i don't want to spoil something here too quickly but early on in the movie she's got a dog named um merlin and it's the sheepdog and they did this on purpose because the sheepdog was actually very easy to turn into a puppet when they needed to yes and yeah they uh uh didymus is introduced and he has this mount that is based off of her real life dog yeah i love that when they're because they're complaining about the smell, he goes, "I smell nothing. I live by my sense of smell. The air is sweet and fragrant, and none shall pass without my permission." <laughs> <laughs> and and he battles Ludo. <laughs> Ludo ends up, you know, throwing him against the rock, and he's like popping out of rocks. Ah! He's like biting at him. He goes, <laughs> "It's, it's so funny. You are a worthy opponent." And they like become friends, and it's freaking hilarious. It's great because he gets up and he just like charges at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I love that. Come, let us be brothers henceforth. <laughs> <laughs> I love Didymus and they, they introduce him so late, but yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in it. Yeah, no real progression, no real story. He's just, he lives at the Bog of Eternal stench to block the way to Jareth's uh, 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 castle. That's all he's, he does. He's kind of, he's kind of he, like a knight in his own sense. And it's right. Cool. He is kind of knightish. Like he, he's very yes. regal. Yes. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that, I think the bog of eternal stench, that whole scene was to, to, uh, to pretty much introduce that character. So, and of yeah. course you get to see the bog of eternal stench. So, Oh yes. And when they walk across and Ludo calls the rocks and they're walking across it and it farts every time they step on it. Yeah. And with it, and when and, and Ambrosius goes running across with them and his little legs, every time it hits it, <laughs> good stuff and then man. uh hoggle meets back up with jareth and jareth's like you're starting to piss me off i'm gonna basically i'm gonna take everything away from you and so hoggle's in this you know predicament and he has to give her this peach and it says it's poison yeah to kind of like make her forget everything and leads to this really cool scene that when when because she's like what did you do to me i can't believe you betrayed me like he's basically judas at this point yeah oh yeah and so it shows jared sitting up on the castle doing the real cool contact juggling and he he's turning him into bubbles and as he's blowing them it's like creating like this reality inside of it and like traps her in and really weird surreal like masquerade, almost like a uh, Phantom of the Opera style, because oh, he even much. looks kind of like the Red Death. Very much, you know. And he's got that song, you know, um, I forget what uh, "Without You" or something like that. I forget yeah, what exactly. But he, he was singing it as like a love ballad kind of thing. Yeah, and here's what I really love about about the movie, especially where this is concerned. When that song was released, the video was 
from this movie that they would play on MTV. The whole dream sequence kind of ends in this weird, uh, almost, what do you call it? Um, what was, what wasn't on Never Ending Story when Atreyu goes and he sees that mirror world? I can't remember, but it was. Or, or was, or was that uh, the Time Travelers? Uh, it could have been the time travelers. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you see, you see, is like the mirror, and he ha- he ha- finally breaks through it, and that's kind of what happens with her. She she realizes that something's not right. It, it it's it's almost like a little inceptionish, like like yeah. from the, you know where, where th- people start staring at her and they're laughing at her. And she's like, wait a minute, th- this this isn't right. And so she breaks the mirrors and she falls down into that junkyard that you were talking about. Yes, and it is that fucked up house. That's the scene. That is the scene. That scene was a kid scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That was a little frightening. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was, that was, that was, I think that was their terrifying moment. The, the, this it. is not, this is was, not all, this is not all goofy and fun. This is, this is a terrifying well, place. The scary part about it was it went from, it went for, it got super serious. And this is the part where you're really worried about her. Cause she's alone at this point. Isn't she? Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's alone and she's not really and and honestly the whole thing is an allegory of what ha- is is basically she's lost her way, she's taken an intoxicated su- substance and she doesn't understand what is and isn't reality anymore. This it's almost a drug PSA. Yes. This is her at Triple A. Yes. <laughs> That's what that building is. And, yeah, and then, I mean, and, oh God. there really is so many layers to this movie. And I, you know, in that house, it kept trying to get, her yeah. to get things. That was great. And it, it I mean, it, uh, and, and if you think about it, and I, I remember being a kid and I remember going, I would just sit there and forget about everything. Right. And that, and was, that, scary. And that was kind of what felt. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, oh, well, here, you have this and you have that. So what do you need, you know, anybody else for? You know, be selfish. Yeah, is what is what that part of it was is continuing yourself as nature, and that was part of her kind of growing up and snapping out of it. Like, wait a minute, this is just stuff. I was so mad at my little brother for having Lancelot, which was her rabbit, yeah. uh, to stop crying, that I gave him up to a stranger who was going to take him away and ruin his life. This is just stuff. It I'm can be replaced. <laughs> it's junk. Yeah, and that's it's, kind of it's, where she, it's her big grow up moment. Yes. Yeah, and that's where all of a sudden that is when she woke up, literally woke up and grew up. Yeah. And I, I believe uh, she finds her companions just about after that again, and they yes, because she rec- she recognizes mm-hmm. what's going on, and mm-hmm. she she finds her friends again. It's like I said, there's a lot of layer to the movie that oh, yeah, you start. When you get older, you're like, wait a minute. But when you go back and watch it as an adult, like again, I watched it last night. It's a, it's, it's definitely, it, it's a kids movie in the sense of puppets and magic and, and all this stuff. But then when you watch it, it's a great metaphor for life and how you need to grow up and how yeah. you need to realize what really is important in life and that being love and family and you know that life's not fair and you got to keep persevering. It's just got layers. It's like it's like an onion. It's got layers. Yeah, so so much, you know, uh, meta, some metaphor and imagery. Everything in the movie means something, and we're gonna get to that when when, when we talk about the ending here. Um, but yeah, she she meets back with her friends, and they get to the the entrance to the to the Goblin King's castle, and that's when the big battle starts, and it's freaking which, which, hilarious. Which is so let's let's, let's just let's just let's just uh, like give it up. It's like he's got a pretty swank ass place. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like he ain't he ain't broke at all. That, like, by the way, that final battle always reminds me of Crazy Stairs. <laughs> yeah, yes. Crazy Stairs. Yeah, and actually, that's it, it is based off of MC Etcher's uh, yes. crazy, uh, uh, Oh, no, did I break Crazy Stairs? Yeah, the Crazy Stairs. 
Well, that was one of my favorites as a kid. It's one of my favorite scenes because it's like he's walking up and down it and shit. Yeah, he's walking up and down it. But then, as an adult, I'm sitting there going, "All right, let's break this down." At the end of the day, you could just be like magic. No, <laughs> this, no, because seriously, you could just be, you could just be like fucking magic, and then you can move on. But not me. Not me. Oh no! I'm sitting there. I pause the movie. I get into deep analytical thought about how this this room would work, and these crazy stairs. I was like, I was like, huh? Well, it is a labyrinth, and in all myth, in, in all mythos and, and and all mythology of a labyrinth, there's always this paradoxical multiple realm thing that goes on. That's why you can never really get to the middle of a labyrinth because no matter what you do, you turn left, and, and suddenly you're back to the beginning. So there is this there's, there's a sense of like multiple like realms kind of thing well the crazy stare thing is like that's like not only multiple realms but like different gravity holds on each one of those stairs so what if i jump from the ones that make me upside down in your perception to ones that make me look right side up do yeah. i flip in the middle of jumping to those Which or do i just do that. my dome yes and he do does that. do that and i remember thinking that as a kid it's like wait a minute well if she would go here and do this so you get to there so as a kid you're working your way through through the confusion and that was what the scene was about as well well see and for me i i always just remember thinking it's like well if you do this and he went over here and and well if he goes over here well that means that one's got to go to here and you know you're working through in your mind and it really is about her working through the confusion and solving the the final bit of the problem with it yeah again it's another it's another yeah. one of those brain teaser puzzlers where it's like okay i have to go here to here and that's again one of the biggest things about a labyrinth in itself at its core Why is that you just throw something at it but at, at, at it's at its core it's it's all about having a clear perceptive logical brain yeah. that yes. gets her through a lot of her problems is being able to be level-headed not emotional and and not being like it's unfair no it's like okay here's the situation it's fucked up but i can figure this out because everything in life when you sit and think about it can be figured out what she needed to do was find yeah, and that's what she did. discarded soda can <laughs> and throw it at his ass <laughs> logically <laughs> right. Right at his yeah. cod piece. Right at his cod piece. Right at his cod piece. Yeah, and and at the and after and after it's all said and done, that is exactly what she does. Yep. You know, and and he's and he when she confronts him at the end, you know, he's still trying to tempt her. Like I will give you everything, anything that you ever want. Just say the words, and it is yours. Just let me keep the baby. Which in yeah. itself is very devilish. It's very yes. Sexy. Yeah. Like. Give me what I want. Give up something that means everything to you, and I will give you the world. And me, I'm sitting here going, so a harem of bitches that just want to serve me at all times? Like that's is that a thing? Is that all? Well, is that you said anything? You would stop. That's that's. I mean, like no, seriously. Here's me. It'd be like, what do you want? I want a room with every video game in it, seventeen to thirty-five bitches that are all sexy, ready to fuck me at any time. Hot wings yeah. and pizza at, at any time. Like that's it, and then, then yeah. you keep the baby. Like I'm good. You can have the baby. Yeah. Well, well, think, <laughs> well, think about think about what he says at the end, and it's very biblical at the end because you you take what he says, and he literally said he literally says, "Look, Sarah, look what I'm offering you. Your dreams. I ask for you so little. Just let me rule you, and you can have anything you want. Fear me." Love me and do as I say, and I will be your slave. Her, 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 her speech about you know I've gone through all this, and she literally said the last line is, "You have no power over me." And one of the things that I like about that is again when you look at what the goblin king wants, because like 
I want you to fear me, da, 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 and I will I will be your slave, is what he says to her. In my eyes, I'm kind of sitting there going, okay, this guy really wants a family. He wants a wife. He wants a kid. That's what I see. Like, yeah. that, that's, that's, I see. I see a very lonely king. I see a very lonely king who has basically omnipotent power in his realm, but the one thing he can't have is kids and somebody to love him. But when you when you look at that, when you analyze that yeah. that, that 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 character development of here I am, this omnipotent being, I can have anything I want. Instead of trying to make a girl fall in love with me, I will just tempt her with ultimate power and basically the same thing I have, and that's what's gonna make her fall in love with me. You know, saying and it's kind of almost you're you're almost kinda of like at that moment, at least for me, again watching it as an adult last night, I almost felt sad for the Goblin King because it was like and then that line, yeah, what ultimately kills him is you have no power over me. And it's just like the one thing he really wants is power over her and to have the baby. And yep. he and for all of his power, for all of his influence, for this massive kingdom, for basically he can do whatever he wants. He cannot make this girl submit to him, and he cannot yep. take this baby. And that is very kind of sad in in, in a sense because that's what he that's what he really wants. Yeah. He's willing to give he's willing to give you whatever you want for this one thing that he wants, and he and doesn't he have, can't have it. And he doesn't have enough power. No, like she I, said, you don't have any power over me. He yeah. doesn't have enough power. The power of love <laughs> yep. to get what he wants. What At I least that's think, the way I see. What I think, but, yeah. I think this was Jim Henson's way of saying that a woman will ruin all of our lives. <laughs> and a, well, a baby anyway. A, a, <laughs> a woman with a baby will ruin all of our lives. <laughs> will ruin everything. That's what. That's that's the that's that's Jim Henson's secret message. Everybody, I just decoded it. Yeah, and and here's the cool thing with 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 close to the last scene. Everything goes back to normal. She's back in her house. She realizes Toby's there. She grabs Lancelot, gives him Lancelot to, to, to make him feel better, and goes back to her room and realizes, wow, all of this happened. You know, and it's kind of one of those, wait a minute, did that really happen and did or didn't happen? Because at the very beginning of the movie, and we didn't cover this on purpose, I didn't want to be any kind of spoilers or anything like that. It starts going through and you see like a troll doll that looks like Hoggle. You see a doll that looks yep. like uh, of the fire eyes. There's the music box. There, there's some like some goblins, and there's like uh, all these creatures that you see in the movie that are now real. Even her dog Merlin looks like Ambrosius. Oh, yeah. And so it's one of those. Wait, did it or it's didn't happen? And then we find Aussie out. In that yes. Aspect. And then we Aussie. find out it probably did happen. Well, yeah, you find out because, you know, that the scene we spooked from the beginning, you know, should you need us, you know? And yeah, and all of a sudden they're all there. Now, here's the question. Was that in her imagination? Is she still not grown up? She and she falls she's, out crazy? Yeah, and she's now has all these imaginary friends. It doesn't explain it. Well, but remember, she's 16. She's somewhere between child, you know, childhood right. and adult. And I think I think that's what it was getting at because the very last thing you see is Jareth as an owl sitting out her window looking in like, I lost this one, and he flies away. See, I don't see it that way. I see it as I taught her a lesson. Oh, see, that's possible too. Yeah, yeah I, can see, I can see it as I taught this bitch in, a lesson. In the long run, it might have just been a lesson learned. You know, the, yeah, maybe, that's maybe the Goblin King isn't as bad as we thought he was. Maybe he was. Maybe he did need somebody. Maybe he's searching for that weak soul to be with him. But in the long run, he's teaching lessons. He's like a fucked up Santa Claus. <laughs> he's like a fucked up Santa Claus. 
<laughs> so the end of the movie was really cool. It started, it did that, and of course it, the, the music. You know, she she'll always need them. I don't know why, but she will always need them, and that's that's something like, and, and that can be said for our childhood. Yeah. We were always gonna need those those memories. See, and one of the things that kind of implies too is maybe it's not so much that she's calling them back and she has imaginary friends, but it's the lessons she learned. They represent the lessons right. she has learned. No, sometime in my life, I don't know how, but I will need you. Hoggle could be like loyalty and love. Yeah. Yes. You or know? overcoming Pluto, the your playful fear. nature, you know, you, you know, overcoming you know the, fear, the, the yeah. fear of the unknown, but allowing something that might be scary to give it a chance. Yeah. You know, like yeah. anal. Like anal. Yeah, yes, just, God damn yes. it. Shit, God damn it, Gambit. Yes, just like anal. <laughs> damn it, saying, Gambit. It's, it's scary, but let's just give it a try. Come on. Wow, we beautiful. almost made it, guys. That was like <laughs> anal. That was beautiful. Oh, my God. Almost made I really wish that David Bowie, ha- Bowie hadn't died, not only because he was a great artist, but there was talk about doing another Labyrinth, like a Labyrinth 2, huge, not a... Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a huge, huge deal on Facebook. They had actually a, a Facebook poster of them sitting together, and I was like, oh, nostalgia. Like, now, what begs the question, if she went back as an adult, you think she would have fallen in love with the Goblin King? Maybe, like, I'm, I'm intrigued by that cog piece. Let's see how much meat is actually under there. What to be the Goblin Queen? See, and that's yeah. what I was wondering. You know, something like that. You know, or or maybe in the end, uh, um, Toby became the new Goblin King, or you know, or maybe the Goblin King did get his heir, and he's passing it on to a new generation. You know, something. Well, he was going to be in the, the next. Maybe right. What's well, what I mean is he's the new, king, but he has yeah. the prince, and the prince. He's now teaching the prince, and the prince has well, they could control. Still another one, if they just be smart about it. Yeah, but it won't be the same, and of course. Jim Henson being dead, rest his soul. Yeah, it was a loss, a loss to all humanity once Jim Henson died. Mm-hmm. A good guy too, from from everything I heard. Oh, yeah. Same with same with Mr. Rogers. Um, you know, I heard they were just great people, and you know, they will be they will be missed. I, I don't know David Bowie's personality outside of his artistry stuff like that. I just respect him as an artist. Um, but yeah, I God, it's such a such such a loss and mm-hmm. everything like that. But yeah. Man, so, now I'm sad. Yeah. So, uh, with that said and done, everybody, we'll go ahead and end the podcast, and uh, we will see you next week. Is there anything you guys want to say? Yes. Stay tuned afterwards for a little sneak preview of something that you'll get to see on the Facebook page, or at least here. In the long run, Woo-hoo! yes. Anything you want to say, Gambit? I got nothing. So and stay tuned for a boss episode next time. Heck yeah, next one is gonna Woo! be episode fifty boss episode. So yes. everyone, we hope to see you next week. Have a good one. Have Peace. a good one. Stay sexy. What kind of Dance magic dance, dance magic dance.